listening to Nerds on Film with Roxy Noberry, Sean Moriarty, Gina Giovanetti, and Brian Moriarty. <sighs> I'm in my second glass of eggnog now, so I'm feeling very, even though it's chilly, I'm feeling very warm and toasty. God, I think it's that seems so nice. <laughs> no, it is. It feels like I'm because maybe it's because I'm also eating Ritz cracker, Ritz crackers. But I feel like I'm drinking Christmas cookies right right now. I don't know why. <laughs> that sounds all the bread like, and then all the booze. That sounds amazing and probably a little less like calories inducing than like a gingerbread latte or something. I don't know. This eggnog's pretty like heavy That's like fair. it's really like i mean we use half and half but the original recipe calls for mm. literally making your own half and half and then also throwing Ooh. in heavy cream so whatever <laughs> yeah so that's fair christmas time I... wasn't for like you know cutting the calories no yeah. you gotta make that extra p- 10 15 pounds so you can survive the winter right yeah exactly so. i just i just maintained my winter layer all year that's what I tell people. Like, yeah, oh, know. I'm sorry. Uh, you are not going to survive in the winter, but Gina, with her seal-like fat layer, uh, will survive for years and years to um, come. <laughs> my Patronus is a polar bear, so yes. shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> it's more like we had a wedding this summer, and there were definite grand plans for myself of like, okay, I have like 10 months to like get in shape. You know, and then it slowly became like, well, as long as I still fit in the dress I bought, it's fine. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you did and you looked beautiful. Oh, thank so you. I that's why I love like the the fitness studio that I was going to in San Jose, because like we had like a month or two where so many members at the studio got engaged. And so they started doing like um like bride themed tank tops and stuff and they're like listen we're doing this because so many of y'all have got engaged and have asked for it but we don't want to see you coming in here and saying like i'm just doing this for my wedding or whatever like we appreciate your fitness journey and you're perfect just the way you are we're not a like shedding for the wedding type studio we just wanted to get these cute tank tops because y'all are happy now so oh, that's cute <laughs> yeah. and that, that's yeah. cool like i appreciate places that are like you gotta get swole um and not like that but like they're like more like no the the first step to actually improving your body is first of all accepting who you are now and just trying to get healthier so right um that's why I love my studio so much. They're like, we think you're perfect just as you are now. Like, you're making a choice to be here, and we are just going to, like, help you with that choice. Like, this is your own personal thing. We're just helping you be, like, what you feel like is the best you can be, which is awesome. And I love them. <laughs> yeah. Totally. This is very Christmassy, by the way, because it is. we might be... I've been hitting the gym kind of hard the last week or so because... <laughs> <I have> not. <laughs> well, I'm actually happy because I'm in, I'm in a net zero weight gain from Thanksgiving, so... Nice. I'm still 25 pounds heavier than I was at my... when I hit, After I hit my weight loss goal a couple of years ago. So I'm, I'm still... Got some work to do, but... Um, Listen, like... 
as long as you're like where you want to be and you feel like healthy and good, like that's nice. But you've also got that like, listen, it's winter. This is why I live in like bulky sweaters in the winter. No one can see my gut because everyone is wearing bulky sweaters and it's wonderful. Yeah. And for those who may have different opinions out there, like having a few extra weight on you doesn't mean you're unhealthy. I got a physical over the summer and I'm in perfect health. So... Oh yeah, no. Like yeah. whenever I whenever I go to the doctor, they're like, "Yeah, you're super healthy, but just like heart disease runs in your family, so like you might like exercise would be like a good thing to add to your schedule." Other than that, like you know, my blood pressure and everything is great. So yeah, <laughs> fat, fat phobes can bite me, like honestly, yeah. <laughs> and enjoy my calorie rich body. <laughs> yeah, you can you can be there with your like your crazy like endomorphic bodies that just like gain yeah. muscle easily. Fuck right. you. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, good so for, you. for that's what you want. For but... for for our listeners out there, uh, for like Christmas dinner or whatever, do not let anyone shame you for anything. You enjoy your damn holiday meals. You enjoy your holiday sweets. This is a season of enjoyment. Feel good about it. Indeed. Cookies, eggnog, other Christmas cocktails. Peppermint peppermint everything. Peppermint that's everything. what I like. I had a peppermint hot cocoa this morning. Give me the peppermint yes. everything, please. Yes. Can I get peppermint on my steak? Is that weird? <laughs> Is that weird? That sounds a little much. Is that a little much? Well, it doesn't have to be sweet peppermint. It could just be like peppermint like a peppermint like well, pea stew leaf. or something that goes on top Maybe, of my steak i get i guess sometimes isn't lamb served with like a mint jam or yes something. that's so the that's answer not, lamb chops so, yeah so that's not not completely wrong apparently this is apparently the the holiday episodes are just the first you know 10 minutes is nerds on food you guys <laughs> basically well, i mean basically. come on holidays and food they, yeah they kind of go it's hand food in hand. family and movies and all exactly. those things. So, Ina, hey, by the way, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Gina Giovanetti. And I'm Vanessa Alvarez Moriarty. Roxy and Sean, of course, couldn't be here again. We Worry not, them. loyal nerds. They will be back in January. It's just scheduling and Roxy got sick. So Maybe um, Sean's not here because Sean is actually moonlighting as Santa Claus. He is no. He's moonlighting as a real life. Checking it twice. (laughs) I think he literally he. Sean is the Antichrist. Yeah, yeah. So okay. Oh my God. That that brings up. Okay. I want to launch right into this. Okay. So okay. First of all, Gina, we haven't fully inducted you into the nerd family until we have you've shared with us a couple of Christmas things. Okay. We need to know Uh the following. Okay, is this is this like when you vetted me at Easter time? Yes. Because I'm ready for this. Okay. <laughs> yes, this is exactly okay. like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, though my and Peter Cottontail, that's like your that that's your Easter <laughs> bona fides, like like no question. That's oh your my e- god, that film. <laughs> yeah, that movie was just so fucking weird. Okay. Um, Again, I'm sorry. Was Vincent Price not an integral part of y'all's Easter? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the Easter Bunny to get even. Um, <laughs> Listen, this explains a lot about adult Gina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So we need to know the following things. Number one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I will just say this, and I will repeat them as you need them. Number one. Okay. Your go-to Christmas special. Number two. Okay your favorite Christmas movie, and number three, what is your 
guilt Christmas guilty pleasure movie. The movie that you know okay. is horrendous, but you watch it every year because you love it. Okay. Okay. So Christmas special number one. Christmas favorite Christmas special is gonna like. There's no comparison to a Charlie Brown Christmas. Okay. Fair. Like. And I, Athena, I think Athena was the one who sent us that. She sent us the Charlie Brown Christmas, the the Aww. book version of it. It's on our nerd cave shelf right now. So like, like there's. I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent of the like for this first question. Um, like, there's no comparison to a Charlie Brown Christmas. It's just so heartwarming and so wonderful. Um, but did you know that there are not one, not two, but three Charlie Brown Christmas specials? Not ca- there's there's technically a fourth one that's with rerun called "I Want a Dog for Christmas," but there's actually three. Charlie Brown Christmas specials that's like um like Merry Christmas Charlie Brown it's Christmas time again Charlie Brown and then Charlie Brown Christmas Tales um Christmas time again Charlie Brown is one that is not necessarily shown on TV uh but my grandmother had a VHS with the original Charlie Brown Christmas and Christmas Time Again Charlie Brown on it and so I watched this VHS at her house when I was a kid and then for years after I thought I had had some sort of like peanuts fueled fever like holiday fever dream because <laughs> I was I was looking everywhere for this other Charlie Brown Christmas special that I was convinced existed but no one knew what the hell I was talking about when I mentioned it and then Finally, like through some digging on the internet, I found that like, okay, it actually does exist. It just like wasn't as popular. And then I think another company owns the rights to it. So it doesn't get shown with the other two. But it's like, it's like little vignettes of people where like Sally has to be in the Christmas play as an angel. And so the, and like she has one line and it's hark. And she keeps thinking that she's going to mess up. And so this whole special, she's just like walking behind Charlie Brown and just repeating like, hark, hark, hark. And then finally, when she's up on stage, in her moment of nervousness, she says hockey stick instead of hark. Um, And then like they also have a neighbor that moves in that's named Harold Angel. Um, And then like... I, I was tr- like, these were the, the bits of it that stuck out and I was describing to people and they're like, that's not a thing. I think you're crazy, but it does exist. It's just not as popular as the other two. So after all that, uh, yes, my favorite Christmas special is a Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> Gina, Gina, you know, we love you so much, but the thing that I think I appreciate more is that you have just graciously given us our episode title, which is a Christmas fueled fever dream. So, a, a, a peanuts fueled you know, holiday fever dream. Fever dream. <laughs> <laughs> that is beautiful. So thank you. Uh, okay, so we know you're, okay, you're welcome. Okay, so the Charlie Brown Peanuts Universe Christmas specials is your go to. Yeah, that's okay. So now, what's your go to Christmas movie? Go to Christmas movie. I'm so in this list. I'm also not gonna mention any of the like Rankin Bass stop motions because I feel like for most people, like those are a given. Like ABC Family or whatever the channel is called now, Freeform, whatever, they marathon those. And like I feel like for a lot of people, those are just a given. So like for full length Christmas movie, um, it's got to be a Christmas story. Okay. 
That's mm-hmm. fair. And that's a that's a very divisive movie because some people hate Christmas Story. Some people love Christmas Story. I think so, a lot of people hate it because that it's one on 24 channel hours a day. shows it 24 TNT, hours a day. 24 hours a day. That doesn't mean you have to watch it for 24 hours. It's fun to have on like in the background. In the background yeah. Also, yeah. it is a little bit divisive because I understand like it is problematic. Like when they go to the Chinese restaurant at the end and they have the, the singers there with the very heavy... Um, Asian accents and very, very stereotype. Like I get that. Um, But I, I love it so much because it's my dad's favorite Christmas movie. And so that was always the one that was playing in my house, like on Christmas. I remember watching it and like, it's, it's just so fun because for me, I feel like, I feel like it is a very real Christmas movie where you get the stress of the holidays. You see the overworked mom trying to make sure everything is perfect. You have the the kid who is told that like the thing that he really wants for Christmas isn't necessarily obtainable, but then he gets it in the end. Like, you know, we do live in a culture where like we don't want to glorify guns or anything, but like the fact that like he wants that BB gun so bad and then you have the very aggressive Santa in the mall. Like I... I love a Christmas story. Yeah. And I feel like I don't know if if you or our listeners feel the same way, but what I have experienced is like I feel like you are either a Christmas story home or you are a National Lampoon's Christmas vacation home. Now you can have this you is can true. have you can have love for both of them, but like I feel like if there's like one like family Christmas comedy, there's one that kind of edges out in your house. And my my house is a Christmas story Mine house. Mine too. <laughs> Mine's a Christmas vacation house. Um I yeah. I don't dislike Christmas Vacation, but as an adult watching it, there are aspects of it like manic Chevy Chase yelling at his family on Christmas like makes me very uncomfortable. And that's fair. That's totally so valid. So I'm like I'm going to I'm going to switch back to Christmas story yeah. of, you know, Randy saying, you know, can't put my arms down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I would agree with that. Just it's... like and that's just the way I feel like when cultural reappropriation of the duck the Chinese duck dinner um yeah. makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, yeah. that's totally fair. That's I would totally say, fair. I would say also it's just I don't know. There's something about like the people in uh, Christmas Vacation where I'm just like, I don't want to watch these people. These people are kind of they're assholes. horrible to you. You're right. bastard people. I think um, I think that's it. At the end of the day, like I I for the most part can find likable aspects in most of the cast yeah. of A Christmas Story. Like even even the dad who like can be a little aggressive and you hear him like swearing at the heater or whatever. Like that's very real to me because like my dad's a very like Mister Fix It kind of guy, and then you hear him get real pissed off at whatever yeah. he's in insisting on fixing himself um but yeah and like i think for me the the difference between christmas vacation and like the problematic aspects in my mind of christmas vacation and um christmas story is like the the racist bit of a christmas story is like one scene meanwhile i'm very uncomfortable for the two hours of christmas vacation (laughs) so fair um <laughs> yeah. Um there was something I was going to say as a comment to that and it has it flew right out. Yeah, it kind of did. If it comes back, bring it up. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, so I actually legitimately think that the reason why Christmas story became the cultural tentpole that it is is actually mm-hmm. just due to the incessant marketing of TNT cuz I don't think the movie was that successful when it came out. 
Mm-hmm. And I literally think TNT was able to run it for 24 hours because the rights for the TV rights were cheap. Right. And now that it's become so – and they had like a contract where they got him for X many years. I, I, I don't know for sure. This is just – going off of intuition i would love to see like a vox article that <laughs> that analyzes maybe not oh, yeah. vox but no some sort of like legitimate internet journalism to talk about how this became the cultural phenomenon that it is because it wasn't big when i was a kid but when i was a teenager and then it got like fucking huge so mm-hmm. there's that okay so we've got your your go-to christmas movie We've got your mm-hmm. go-to Christmas special. I actually have a fourth one I'm going to ask you, but I'll get okay. I'll, I'll save that. What's your Christmas movie guilty pleasure? I'm going to say that my guilty pleasure is probably Love Actually. And I say this because I know well, a lot pause, of people... Pause, re- pause, pause, yeah. pause. It can't be a good movie. That's the thing. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. I don't... I don't watch any of the like Hallmark specials or anything. Okay. So I I'm going to say that my guilty pleasure one is Love Actually because especially if you like if you watch Love Actually and really take a hard look at everyone, Ooh. 90% of the people in that movie are terrible. Like, you know, it's it's backed by a very nice soundtrack and everything, but a lot but like a lot, a lot of the stories are a little bit like suspension of disbelief or, or that sort of thing. And so, like, like I said, I don't, I don't really watch any of the like Hallmark ones or anything. So I, I don't, I can't really think of what, like, one that is like a bad Christmas movie that I've watched. In I don't like, I don't know, like I get like I. I guess Christmas with the Cranks is kind of fun to put on in the background sometimes. But, like, I don't – I can't think of any that are, like, this is, like, a bad Christmas movie. I think Christmas and the Cranks definitely qualifies in that territory. Oh, okay. That's fair. Uh, Jingle so. All the Way? Jingle All the Way oh, qualifies, no. too. No. You know what? I forgot about Jingle All the Way. I will 100% say Jingle All the Way as my guilty pleasure Christmas movie because you get Phil Hartman as, like, the horrible neighbor and, like – Arnold yelling like, "No, puts a cookie down." No, definitely jingle puts all the way. Put a cookie down. Put puts a cookie down. You're eating my cookies. Like not to no, advertise that... another podcast, but uh, how, how did this get, get made? Made, a made a episode about jingle all the way. Yeah, I will. Okay, I will 100 percent say jingle all the way is is my my guilty pleasure Christmas movie. That's one that I kind of forget exists until I see it on TV. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, this one. You're like, yes, I want to watch whatever this clusterfuck of a Christmas movie is. <laughs> this kid doesn't recognize that his bodybuilder father is right? this guy in the float. <laughs> okay, right? so here's so here is the the Coupe de Gracie of the yes. uh, of this. So now, what is your favorite un-Christmas movie? My favorite un-Christmas movie. Yeah, so un-Christmas no. movie, as we've defined, is a movie that has Christmas featured in the film, but really has nothing to do with Christmas. <sighs> Die Hard is the most famous example of this, by the way. So, so Brian, Brian, I want you. I think th- I think this is a nice segue into your rubric. I think you need to explain to our listeners what their favorite like what does it mean for something to be a a christmas movie versus an un-christmas movie before i answer this okay so we actually covered this this debate the first year we were around and 
Um, I, because number one, I'm also a teacher. I've gotten really good at doing rubrics for, uh, for English and drama. <laughs> so I, out of boredom yesterday, um, developed a Christmas movie rubric, which I've also shared with my wife, uh, who can look it up on her phone if she wants to see it. So I've literally asked four questions and you can rate the, if you're doing the home game, you just rate these on a one, on a scale of one to four. But if you're going hardcore English, like I am, there's actually definitions for what each of these mean. For one Mm -hmm. to four. But basically the questions are, is Christmas the central theme of the the story? Rate that one to four. Number two, does the movie movie feature children in a way that is central to the plot? Rate that on a scale of one to four. For the record, you do not have to have children be the central part of your movie for it to be a Christmas movie. But this is a common theme. That's why I included it. Number three, does the movie include themes of family slash friendship, forgiveness, or charity slash goodwill? Rate that one to four. And then finally, does the movie address the commercialization of Christmas in a way that renders it meaningless? Again, rate that one to four. Okay. What I mean by that is to say that ultimately the message of the film is counter to the commercialization of Christmas, right? It, again, shows the themes of charity, family, things like that, instead of get all the presents. So, mm-hmm. um, So because of that, so basically if you were to rate these one to four, and you want, you rate your movie one to four on all these. If you got a series of ones, in other words, if your score is four, mm-hmm. you have an un-Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. If your score is between five and 12, it's somewhere in between. It's kind of an apocryphal Christmas movie. And then uh, a score of 12 or higher is like guaranteed Christmas movie. And if you got a score of 16, you're basically, this is a Christmas classic. This is like an essential watch that you should watch every single year so i'm i'm struggling to think of like what what non-christmas movie i i watch because like i in the holidays during the year like i go hard for halloween um christmas kind of took a little is like takes a little bit more of a backseat for me um i've been getting more into it in in recent years but i like I can think of movies that I like to watch at Christmas time that are not Christmas movies. Like, does that count? Um. So, is Christmas like, featured in the movie film at all, or is it just movies you like to watch around this? It's time? just movies that I like to watch around Christmas. Like, I like to watch Sweeney Todd at Christmas time for some reason. Um, I, I, the reason being is because I remember it coming out at Christmas time, okay. and it has that very kind of like Dickensian era feel to it. Well, I mean, in the um, same way that Wizard of Oz and Peter Pan are movies that tend to be watched around Christmas time, even though there's nothing to do with Christmas. Right. So, so, and that's that's it. Like, I don't I don't know if there are any like un Christmas movies that I can think of because I like when we were talking about your rubric before, I mentioned Nightmare Before Christmas. But for me, I watch Nightmare Before Christmas around Halloween. For me, it is a Halloween movie. It is not a Christmas movie. Which, according to my rank on your rubric, I'm right. It's more of a Halloween movie than a Christmas movie. But. Listeners could beg to differ. My opinion is that it is a Halloween movie. Yeah, um, and so I. Yeah, well, that's yeah, the fun. So, that's the fun thing yeah. about rub- these rubrics is that it's not an empirical way of defining a movie because ultimately we're talking about a subject that is subjective. But right. what it does do is it gives you a structure for how you categorize your feelings about mm-hmm. films, and it also you do it in a way that helps you define. Or using a vocabulary that is used to define and discern, like, 
films in, in terms of film theory. Right. So, in other words, this would be very popular in, like, a film history class. But right. And also, like, obviously in, like, it, that means dick in the long in, in in the grand scheme of things. It just it's just a fun thing to do to help figuring out if the movies you like are truly Christmas movies or are they just kind of like fun movies that have Christmas in the background or somewhere I would say, in between. Like for mm-hmm. me, it would be something like even though the title would sound just kind of deceptive, would probably be like the holiday. Yeah, the holiday. The holiday oh, is yeah. in reference to a vacation. But right. it just happens to take place around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing essential. Like, they could have put that in the middle of summer, and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, it's and mm-hmm. again, that, nothing about that is essential to it being... Right. Exactly. It, nothing to do with Christmas. It's not like... You can't take Miracle on 34th Street and set it in the spring, because obviously right. Santa Claus is you know, Macy's pivotal Easter to the plot. Exactly. Like, it mm-hmm. just doesn't work. So... Right. Yeah. And... I, I do want to give a quick shout out to um, holiday specials that I wish were still being aired. Um, when I was a kid, I was a big fan of the Rugrats holiday specials yes. because they they had a Christmas, they had a Hanukkah, and they had a Kwanzaa. They were very cool about like multi representation. Yeah, they the had Kwanzaa a Passover one, one was too. they did have a Passover one, right? Um, and so like I I really like that. You know, because technically, like, Tommy's mom was Jewish, they had the Hanukkah special and the Passover special and things like that. And I like the Christmas one because, you know, Angelica has the the dream of getting nothing but coal and, and things like that. So, like, I wish those were, like, Nickelodeon still exists and I wish they would resurrect those at, at holiday time. That would be pretty awesome. Now, yeah. Vanessa. What? Honey. <laughs> uh, babe, uh, I have to ask you the same four questions because oh, you've never been it. here. So, <laughs> so okay, what's your favorite Christmas special? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite. I can't like nothing. I I mean I like Gina. I had I have seen Charlie Brown Christmas, but it's not something I remember watching a lot. Knowing and, you as well as I do, I would say you kind of veer toward watching the Friends Christmas ish, and even though they don't, they don't really do Christmas episodes. All the episodes that take okay. place during Christmas, I guess time. that's that's kind of true. Like television shows, yeah. I mean, I've been binge watched like Friends so many times, and uh, or I have done in the past around Thanksgiving. I'll watch the Thanksgiving episodes, and then around Christmas because there are a couple of Christmas ones, especially the holiday armadillo uh, episode. I'll that's watch a pretty good those. One. Yes, I especially love the story where Superman came in and flew all the Jews out of Egypt. <laughs> um, so I, that would probably be the closest to a Christmas special type thing. I also would binge watch a lot of the SNL Christmas themed skits. Oh, I'll do that. That's legit. Yeah, I like that. Um, so, yeah. Okay. I think... So then what's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh my god, this is so hard. And please go, please feel free to go old school because I know you like a lot yeah. of black and white movies. Um, so there's there's a few that I like to go watch at. So in Palo Alto, for people from the Bay and Peninsula, <laughs> um, the Stanford Theater. There's yeah. the Stanford Theater, and they show old movies. And it's a re- I... it's a refurbed movie palace. Yep. So yeah. So every Christmas Eve, they have one showing on Christmas Eve of a It's a Wonderful Life. And it sells out every year. It's really cool. We've never been because 
we're usually yeah. engaged. They usually do then. a double feature of Wizard of Oz and Shop Around the Corner. This year, they're doing a double feature of Miracle on 34th Street and Bishop's Wife. So, yeah, those are... I would probably say that for sure I have to see the old, the original Miracle on 34th Street every year. Um, <laughs> totally with Maureen fair. O'Hara and little Natalie Wood. And hmm. um, not the colorized version... Because that's crap. <laughs> well, also, the thing is, if they were to recolorize it today, it would look so much better. Oh, yeah. It, it's not like It was the 90s painting. colorization. Yeah. And it was like, it looked, Ooh. it was awful. It looked really, really bad. Okay, so that's your go-to Christmas I, I movie. I would say, yeah. I mean, I watched so many, but that would probably be, has been a solid one for a Totally fair. So then what's your guilty pleasure Christmas movie? Oh, like Gina, I don't watch all those. I mean... No offense to people who really love their Hallmark movies. It's just movies. not my jam. It's yeah. just so not my thing. Um, I I would say something like The Holiday, because Brian says, tells to me that's just a horrible movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that would probably fall under the more the the not Christmas or un-Christmas movie. Which is your fourth um, answer. So then. That would be my fourth mm-hmm. answer, probably, because I watch that quite a lot. Um... Guilty pleasure. I don't know. I know what... Uh, so, there's Christmas movies that um, Brian watches that I can't stand. Well, yeah, and, and everyone I, knows those because we've talked about them on the podcast. <laughs> um, so, I guess my question to you, is there any Christmas movies that you know that I watch that you're like, I can't believe you're watching that? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't think so. I have good taste. You have, you have, I you don't. Have... I, he watches Ernest. Ernest saves Christmas every year. I've never seen that. I oh watched God. like maybe twenty minutes of it, and I was like, I have to leave the room. So for <laughs> so for reference, people for the people who need like a refresher of what mine are, uh, Peewee's Christmas Special is my go-to Christmas special. Mm-hmm. I uh, also can't watch that. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a theme. My favorite Christmas movie <laughs> is probably. Hmm. <laughs> it's hard for me to have a favorite, but the one I tend to go to a lot every single year, Home Alone, tends to be one that's that mm-hmm. resonates quite a bit. I saw that in theaters. It was hilarious. Um, <laughs> that's my current one. My guilty pleasure is Ernest Saves Christmas. I think everyone knows this. It's a horrible movie. I recognize that. <laughs> but because Ernest P. Worrell is funny, it's very endearing despite its horrible flaws. And then uh, my un-Christmas movie would probably have to be Batman Returns. So <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot Christmas was a part of that. Right? That's a good one. I like Batman yeah. Returns. Yeah. That actually that's pretty good. Yeah. So Can I can I give an honorable mention too? Sure. Cuz I I also really like watching the Santa Claus at Christmas time. Oh, well, the Santa Claus is another one of my staples too. Yeah, screw, yeah, like screw that's the, that the is sequels, but the oh, original also, is Scrooged good. is a is a is a perennial Scrooged. as well. Yeah, I I think I think again, like just for me, like I have like a Halloween trifecta. Like my Christmas trifecta is Charlie Brown, A Christmas Story, and the Santa Claus. Like for me, in order for me to feel like okay, I can, like, go full Christmas, like, at some point during, you know, the Christmas season, like, sometime between after Thanksgiving through Christmas Day, I like to enjoy at least those three. Okay, I've got I would say, I'm going to interrupt you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was going to, I would say mine, I probably have four. It's, I will always watch Elf. 
That's a new okay. addition. Um, we're actually going to go see it at the Alamo Draft House this year. Oh, fun. Um, and But I will always see uh, Miracle on 34th Street. And I will typically see The Bishop's Wife. For those of you who don't know, are probably more familiar with The Preacher's Wife with Whitney mm-hmm. Houston. Which was a remake of it with Whitney Which Houston was, yeah. and Courtney B. Hayes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the original had Courtney Cary B. Vance, Grant sorry. in it. And Denzel Washington. Um, and then Shop Around the Corner. Yeah. Okay. Shop Around the Corner is a good one. Which now, that was, one is, a, you may be more familiar with the remake. You've Got Mail. You've Got Mail. Which I would yes. say You've Got Mail would be kind of un-Christmas movie. And also... I think Shop Around the Corner kind of teeters on. I mean, Christmas Eve is a is a is a big part of it. So. Well, it's a big part of it because it's this whole idea of the reason why they might need more help. And yeah, so no, it is it is a Christmas movie. I will I will tie it in. I'll I'll I'll, I'll allow it. Uh, no, <laughs> not I'll allow it. It's the Christmas. It it tracks with the Christmas rubric. Thank you, Czar. Um, though, but I will say the movies that you would watch. Technically, this is very meta, but I think when you watch the MST3K episodes where they watch a horrendous Christmas movie like Santa Claus versus the Martians or that Mexican Santa Claus movie. Oh my or the, god, or the Santa Polish Claus one. versus the like the devil. devil. Santa Claus or versus like the devil. Jack Frost. Or Jack Frost. The Polish Jack Frost, not the not the Michael Keaton Jack Frost. Like oh, those yeah. I would say those are like I even with the the humorous commentary, I can't believe we're watching this. So mm-hmm. okay. Um so now that we're at about the halfway mark, I would like to transition if we could Mm-hmm. To since we've talked about our favorites and our guilty no, pleasures and so about forth, the ones we hate. I thought it'd be fun if we did a another holiday pitch session, a or a movie pitch session, but holiday themed, I should say. Okay. So, here's what I would like you guys to do. If you guys have them ready to go, great. But basically, pitch pretend like pretending like we're a producing team or like we're gonna like give you money to make this movie. Pitch to us number one. A movie that you know in your heart is going to be a terrible Christmas movie, but that you want to see. And two, a movie that you would legitimately would love to see as a Christmas movie that you think either hasn't been seen in a while or uh, hasn't been done yet. Okay. Can I pitch my good one first? No. Because my... Oh, <laughs> damn it. No, it's fine. You can go your first. Your good one <laughs> it's first. like, damn it, Brian. You and your rules. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll do good first, then we'll do bad second. Okay, because that'll okay. be more entertaining. So there you go. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to ask if I could flip the order. That doesn't mean I have to be the first one to pitch it either. <laughs> oh. Well, you sounded yeah. so ready. Okay, I can. Go for it. So, okay. So listen, there are a lot of, like, kind of weird pseudo gothy adults like myself and a lot of them are the ones that do watch the nightmare before christmas as a christmas movie so my thought process is that we need to add to the lexicon of kind of like mildly darker christmas movies without being like full horror like something like krampus um so my thought is Because we have the Addams Family film that features the Thanksgiving play, I think the next logical step would be Christmas with the Addams Family. Oh, my God. An Addams Family Christmas? So, fun fact, um, the original black and white series of the Addams Family did have a Christmas episode that was based on a series of the original Charles Addams comics. And they have things like what the Addams Family Christmas card looks like. And either I think it's either Gomez or Lurch is wearing like a big moose head. Um, there's, you know, what they're sort of 
like Adam's family slightly off kilter Christmas tree looks like. There's one where it says like, oh, you know how sweet the children still believe in Santa. And it's the it's Wednesday and Pugsley like stoking the fire higher kind of thing. <laughs> and so based on the comics and the the original episode of the Adams family, I think I think we're ready for Adams family Christmas because the episode was actually very nice. heartwarming like Wednesday and Pugsley like they're all getting ready for Christmas and things because they you know they're still celebrating Christmas like anybody else just in a you know creepy and kooky kind of way and Wednesday and Pugsley had been told by a neighbor that Santa Claus doesn't exist and so now the whole family is struggling to try to um, maintain that that magic for Wednesday and Pugsley and so um throughout so like they try to hire someone or they can't there and they they try to make they try to like they try to get uncle fester to dress up like santa claus first and then he is supposed to come down the chimney but the kids start stoking the fire too high and all the ash flies up there and like he can't see and then he gets stuck in the chimney so he doesn't come down and so the kids are disappointed and then you see ma you see gomez and morticia and grandmama and lurch all having the same thought of like a Santa Claus for the children. So then the rest of the episode is Santa Claus shows up at the house four times because it's each of the family members dressed up like Santa to try to convince the kids that like there actually is a Santa Claus and then at the end like the kids can tell that it's been all of their family members but then the end is very heartwarming because the kids all of a sudden look at the Christmas tree and it's all decorated and all prettied up and everyone's like no, we haven't touched it all day. So the implication is that like the real Santa came while everyone was caught up in like trying to convince the kids that there was still a, a, a Santa. Right. So I think I think that would still be a very like heartwarming. It would be a quote unquote darker Christmas movie, like aesthetically, like like the Adams family is, but it doesn't go full into like christmas horror like i think it would be a worthy successor to something like the nightmare before christmas and i would actually like i'd be interested for it to be like okay like most of the like the cast of the the nine the 80s and 90s adams family movies are still around with the exception of raul julia um and so you know you could have like an adult wednesday adams like with played by christina ricci like with her kids and like you can still have angelica houston carol kane is still around so you can have like now she's like great grandmama like i think it would be a lot of fun to have an Adams family Christmas come up now. So would you have it that Fest that uh, Fester was the patriarch of the family now that Gomez is gone? Would you actually um, write out Gomez because Raul Julia is not I, around or what? I feel I feel like that would be a little bit of a struggle. Um, I don't know if we would recast Gomez or if you know Fester bring it back or, with CGI. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, man. I saw I saw Tarkin in Star Wars, so maybe you can cobble together a Raul Julia. Uh, you know, maybe you get like you know. Oh my god, you get like Ghost Gomez. 
So like Go- Gomez has been shuffled from the mortal coil, but he's still hanging around the house because it's the Adams family. It could be a thing. Um, that would actually be something that, listen, in the pitch room, you have to decide if it is Fester and Pugsley that have taken upon the mantle of family patriarch or if we recast Gomez or, you know, somehow pull some CGI, you know, Tupac performs at Coachella kind of shenanigans <laughs> and like ghost Raul Julia in there. Um, I have an idea. But what is it? Javier Bardem. Ooh. You get Javier Bardem, who is, I mean, he's not old enough to be like Angelica Houston old, but you throw, but he is supposed to look dark and yeah. alluring. So you throw some like silvery temples on him and he could totally pull that off, I think. There is, there was someone else that I was thinking of too, that the name is like, I, I forget who it was. It'll, it'll come back to me at some point, but I feel, I almost feel like. Javier Bardem's voice is a little too deep. Like, Gomez still had that very kind of, like, ha-ha kind of, like, bravado kind of <laughs> voice. So, like, I think I, I would have to very, I would have to think very hard about who I would potentially recast to fill the very big shoes of Raul Julia. Okay. Hmm. I'm thinking about that now, because it's got to be somebody who's got that kind of Errol Flynn kind of... Right. ...of uh, charisma and yet... Is got a Latin kind of a flair going along with him, right? Um, hmm. <laughs> Listeners, if you if you have an idea as to who that could be, uh, let us know. What about um, that? I mean, he's French, but what about that guy from The Artist? I don't think I ever saw The Artist. Oh, I can't. I don't think I've ever heard him speak. Yeah, he won the Best Actor award, uh, Oscar for that too. I can't believe I'm drawing a blank mm-hmm. on it. And, of course, we have our phones right in front of us, so we're being lazy and we're mm-hmm. not looking them up. Um, but, yeah, listeners, I agree. Send us that option. Uh, Gina, I would say that is a 100% green light. I would love to see thank that you. movie. So thank, thank you. you for that. Hun, <laughs> do you have one or do you want me to go first? I just found out what this episode was about, like, this morning. So I am <laughs> not prepared. Are you just not going to participate then? I, I, if I think of something, then I'll throw something together. Oscar okay. Isaac. Oscar Isaac could be uh, oh, Gomez. My, my God. They have to age him up a little bit, but that's totally fine. I am. Mm-hmm. When, if it's Ghost Gomez, then he's the Oscar age Isaac. he was when he died. Oscar yeah. Isaac, 100%. That is yes. brilliant. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Also, Oscar Isaac can get it. I will watch him in anything. <laughs> but yeah, so that is that is my, my pitch for a like good Christmas movie. Okay. <laughs> I, I I support this. Greenlit. Also, that guy's name is uh, Jean, and I don't know if it's Duhardin. Oh, oh, De- oh Desjardins. Desjardins. Okay. Oh, the one from the artist. Yes, because yes. I'm like, I know what it would be in Mexico, but I don't know French. Yeah, Desjardins. Um, so, okay. So I, I have mine if you guys are ready. And I'm going to pull back the curtain on. This is actually a movie that I've been kind of writing in the background. You're because... giving away your secrets. But I figure if I put it on the internet out loud on a podcast, if someone tries to steal it, there's a record of when this was pitched. Mm-hmm. So it would make Trade, the court case trademark, very, very... Trademark intellectual property, Brian Moriarty, yeah. 2018. Poor man's <laughs> copyright. Um, so, okay. So here's my idea. Because doing Christmas movies, I feel like an element that you really have to tie into is Santa Claus, right? And it's it's a it's a... Not that all Christmas movies require it, but frequently it's a it's a tentpole topic for Christmas films. And I've always had a love 
for the legend of the actual Saint Nicholas. The, hmm. the Saint Nicholas Bishop of Myra. Um, and there's actually, I found out recently, there is actually a film of this life of St. Nicholas that is being produced as we speak that will, I think, eventually be, it hasn't been released yet, but I think it's supposed to come out this year. Uh, a small independent film. Um, so I had this idea a couple about a year or two ago in which I was kicking around watching uh, Home Alone. And there's a scene where he comes across to Santa Claus, right? The one who's very clearly, like has the beard undone and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And he says, look, you don't have to, to to lie to me. I know how it works. I know you're not the real Santa. And then you're like, okay. But then he then he slips into eight-year-old logic and says, but I know that you work for him. So <laughs> I was like, okay, that's an interesting thought line. Let's, let's go with that. So my idea was, what if we found out that every single mall Santa Claus Every single Salvation Army Santa, every like actor playing Santa Claus, is actually a member, an agent of Santa, of a clandestine organization called the Ooh. Order of Saint Nicholas. <laughs> and so, he, so here's my idea: this order, with this, I would take a high fantasy approach with this. So you have an order that's got three classes to it. You've got the Scouts, who are essentially what I said, the Salvation Army is the Mall Santas, all those people. They gather intelligence, right? Then you've got the gift givers, or just the givers, right? The givers are the people who acquire and deliver the gifts, okay? And there's obviously multiples of them, so that way you can explain how do you get every child in the world covered in one night. There's no mm-hmm. need to necessarily bend the rules of the time-space continuum in order for that to work. Mm-hmm. But I still want an element of magic, so the then there's a third class, which would be the mystics. And the mystics are essentially the elves. But I mean elves in the like the ancient Germanic sense, where they're like these are creatures who can wield magic and they are the same height as humans. They are not little mini creatures that were kind of like warped with leprechauns, basically, mm-hmm. in like when they became Britishized. So the idea is that like these are full size, like Lord of the Rings style elves. They don't even necessarily have to have pointy ears. They're just, they can work magic. They can bend the rules of reality using elfin, whatever, technology or whatever. So, and the the thing I thought was, was really clever was this. Is the legend of St. Nicholas deals with him dropping coins down the, um, the chimney, right? That's how we get the whole presence down the chimney legend. And so I thought it'd be cool if every giver has a gyroscopic coin so that when they are in danger of being seen... They can spin it, and when they spin the gyroscopic coin, coin it renders them invisible. Oh, that's fun! So, I like that. Which ties into the whole idea of no one ever sees Santa Claus, right? So, mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, well, this movie needs an opponent. So the opponent is the Krampus. So the Krampus, oh, nice. but it's not just one; it's a whole species of these goat <laughs> people. And the idea I was thinking of the head Krampus has gotten so disillusioned with humanity that he doesn't just want to punish the bad children. He doesn't think there are any good children left. So his goal is now he's just going to punish all the kids. So now it's this battle (laughs) between the Order of St. Nicholas to protect and preserve Christmas for children and the Krampus, who just wants to basically punish the kids for being bad and give them a very cold, hard uh, intro into, like, adult reality. And so Mm -hmm. that's the essential, like, the big picture struggle. And the little picture struggle is... This battle takes place while a kid is waiting for Christmas for Santa. <laughs> and so 
a giver gets intercepted and he spins the coin. So there's literally this whole battle happening between a Krampus and a giver. Mm-hmm. While the kid's waiting in the living room, and he can't even see it because because of, <laughs> because of the coin. But then the giver drops the coin and makes an escape. So the kid finds the coin. And therefore, mm. this kid ends up basically having the rare opportunity of getting like a total like sneak insight into the order. And he ends... I haven't quite figured out the rest of the plot yet, but the goal was this 10-year-old kid, who I, I think I want to call him Caleb, um, mm. would basically be recruited as a scout for the order and but he's actually trying to like stop the Krampus in some way I like I like this idea because it brings together elements of a lot of people's like Christmas favorites so it brings together the idea that like there are like quote-unquote elves or watchers like out in the wild kind of like the Santa Claus or it brings together like the the kid logic of like you said like in Home Alone like I know you're not the real Santa but I know you work for him and that like everything is tied together um the whole like no one ever sees Santa I like the conflict in there like I think that's I think that's a lot of fun. I like the I'll also like listen, a good like mystical order is uh is a, a sell point for me. So So do I get I like that. Do I get the green light? I, I would give it the green light. Do you I give think it, it would be fun. Do you give it the green light, babe? Uh I, I mean to be quite honest, this this story has evolved. <laughs> From um because it was a, a little bit of a different story when Brian was already coming was coming up with yeah because the original story was a kid finds his dad delivering what is clearly Santa's gifts on mm. Christmas Eve and that breaks his belief in Santa Claus and then him as an older as an adult basically being out of work and having to become a mall Santa and mm. falling into the order in that way so that was the original concept it was like but there's no child element there and I really want mm-hmm. to like. I think that loses the whimsy that this story deserves. Well, I think I think also the the whole element with the kid too. Um, it almost had a little bit of a very little a little bit of like a Polar Express element to it as well. In that like the kid is thrust into a world through some sort of mystical item that he can now access this sort of like behind the scenes. Uh, idea of of Christmas and I think that's the whole thing where it's it's almost kind of like I want to compare it to it's the idea of like seeing how a magic trick happens but still being in awe of like how it happens so like that's kind of like you know for me that's like watching the Santa Claus and kind of like no this kid sees how everything happens but he's still in awe of it and I Mm -hmm. think that is an important thing to do when you do bring bring kids in is that like even though they see how the magic happens it is still magical right exactly and I'd be interested to see more Mr. Moriarty good yes excellent There's been this has been eternally uh, this has been a lot of notes I've written that I have not <laughs> translated into script pages just yet, but I'm working on. It. I, I've been watching a lot of Christmas movies just to have like as creative fuel in the background while I've been trying mm-hmm. to work on it. So, I I also like the idea that there are like watcher elves without being so like uh like big brothery as that like bullshit elf on the shelf thing. Like right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, exactly. And also, I didn't like the idea that, like, the elves make the toys. I feel like that may have worked in the late 19th century when there wasn't a toy industry. But, right. like, to see the toys, <laughs> like, and they, and they try to, they jokingly handle this in uh, Rise of the Guardians when you have the Yetis, 
like doing advanced like electrical engineering <laughs> to make electronic like toys and whatever. But we all know that these toys have brands in them. So right. let's just cut the shit and let's just have them agree that we have a network of people who go out and buy the gifts. Right. And well, that yeah. I, I, I saw a post, I think it was on Reddit of someone that's like, but can't like because someone had put out an at like an ask Reddit thing that was like people who have been mall Santas for like the last like decades like like the last 10 15 years how has what children have asked for changed and someone mentioned like there's been a big shift to electronics like there were you know a lot of kids who would have 10 15 years ago asked for things like dolls or bicycles now want things like iPads and so someone pitched the idea of like can you imagine though Santa sending his like base mechanic elves to all have to get advanced engineering degrees in order to manufacture <laughs> this <laughs> like I would I would want I would watch like that like five minute special too just like the big man says we gotta go get degrees now well listen I'm not getting paid enough like is he gonna pay for just my like school elves like elves at like Dravon university trying to learn how to computer, oh computer my god that or alternatively yeah. like okay <laughs> valley fair opens at the apple store starts queuing up at this time is jingles that, you have to get in line gina does that count as your bad <laughs> christmas movie option or is this your another legit christmas movie pitch oh no 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 that was just something i saw that i found was funny no i have a different bad christmas movie okay. pitch. before i circle around hun do you have an idea for your christmas movie that you would want to see no. No? Oh, damn it. I'm horrible. You... I'm sorry. I'm peanut gallery. Today. No, it's fine. If you... Yeah, no. Van- Vanessa determines whether this gets the green light. Okay, so... Okay, so then we should the really flip tank. this. You should be the, the judge. You should be the shark tank, basically, for these movies. <laughs> Dazzle me. Okay. Yeah. Now, it's hard... Or because... at least in this case... Make me want to puke. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the thing is both of the like it like I, it's hard to decide between like my pitch or Brian's pitch too because both of them are are very different ideas and mine uses an existing intellectual property. Meanwhile, like yeah. meanwhile, like Brian's is a very original idea yeah. that like cobbles together elements and themes from a lot of like holiday favorites, but ultimately thematically is very different. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's basically saying, oh, okay, well, uh, this pitch here has a established, you know, fan base to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And would be, like, the less risky choice, I guess, of the two. While mm-hmm. this one's just kind of, Brian's is a little more, gotta take a chance. Hopefully mm-hmm. it works out, it doesn't, and let's make sure we release it at the right time. And uh, there's not a lot of Christmas stories coming out at that time, so it doesn't get lost in the mm-hmm. crazy Christmas time. Right. I was so shocked to, to jump back to uh, last episode how shocked I was how early the Grinch came out. <laughs> yeah. Well, they even made that part of the marketing. They said it was never too early to get annoyed by Christmas. <laughs> so it came out oh, November Oh, I think Sarah would be like oh, wow. the banner holder in that yeah. parade. Yeah. Well, because there, there are people that like once Halloween is over, they start to go full Christmas, which is always an issue I've had a little bit because my birthday is in November and I hated that people were like, fuck November, I'm ready for, for December. And I'm like, okay, Fuck you. Thank you. But the thing um, is, I love Thanksgiving. And I also, but right. I, to me, Thanksgiving is the 
transition from fall to the Christmas season. And that's why it's super right. important every year that I watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade because I oh, see yeah. I see the shift happen uh, from well, Tom Turkey I... to Santa Claus. So. Right. And because my, my mom even said that, like, back in the day, there were no department stores. You wouldn't see Christmas decorations anywhere until after Thanksgiving because Macy's was the tentpole department store. And Macy's, Christmas did not start for Macy's because what it would be is at the end of the Thanksgiving Day Parade, Santa would get off the float and walk into Macy's. And that is now when the Christmas decorations and the season can go up because Santa is in Macy's now. Exactly. Oh, hell, but, you went into Michael's at beginning of October and it was already Halloween is on sale and yeah. Christmas is already up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say I, I do give a little bit of a pass to the craft stores because like if you're going to DIY, if you're going to like heavily DIY something and say like maybe someone else in your family is covering Thanksgiving and you know Christmas is going to be your holiday and you like want to be super extra and make all of these things for it. Like I will give a little bit of a pass to the craft store because if I'm a try to like DIY my Christmas I'm not trying to do that shit a week before I have people over that's true so like I will give a little bit of a pass to the craft stores but like god please let me enjoy my holiday in the moment <laughs> yeah I for sure saw wreaths in Michael's like already like clearance for uh, Christmas in November and I was like wait a minute no. we're not even there yet yeah well it's because no <laughs> the thing is by the I remember one time I was in Target on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Why? Oh, no. Target on Christmas Eve. I was working in a mall at that point, and there was a Target attached. And I'm not kidding. They already had up a section for Valentine's Day on Christmas Eve. So I'm like, really? Seriously? Like, you can't wait till New Year's? Give your workers a break. Right. So God, it's, it's, it's just hard. And well, because the thing is, too... Thanks like this this year was the earliest Thanksgiving could have been too. And so it just feels like Christmas has started so early because like, yeah, people kicked into high gear, like a lot of people kicked into like it's Christmas now, like the day after Halloween, like November first. It's like, oh, it's Christmas first. No, it's not, it's November. Calm your tits, please. Um, but like because Thanksgiving is so early and so many stores are now doing like pre Black Friday sales, like it just feels like the overwhelming amount of Christmas co- has come so early this year. Mm. Yeah, that's I would fair. say even like I mean I worked retail for a very long time at small boutique and big corp, and for like the company as it is like. You have to think about Christmas way... Every holiday, you're thinking about, like, at least two quarters ahead. Right. At least. So, like, we would be, like, barely unpacking Christmas for this boutique that I worked for. And they had, that summer before, already had picked out all the stuff for the following year. Because they were going to the big trade shows and picking mm-hmm. out all the, the stuff they were going to have in the store for the next year. And right. it's so nuts because we'd be unpacking all this product and they're like, oh my God, I haven't seen this in a year or something because I, I forgot what I bought for the store already. Right. Or it's like, you know, it, it's like that scene in the Santa Claus, like right after Christmas has passed, the toy company is already thinking about, well, what are we going to market 
next year and then you know they try to market like the the santa in the tank that tim allen gets uh very offended by but no like you you see that like i get that's how businesses work but i think just so many people who are not affiliated with a business like that get into the mentality of like it is christmas now and it's just like no i gotta plan stuff and i i always feel like i have i I got papers to write it's like it's it's kind of a weird mentality it's we find the same thing with theaters in um in the sense of auditioning um mm. is like if one store starts doing it well then everyone's gonna start doing it because right i'm gonna lose that customer because they already bought all their stuff with that other person mm-hmm. so i i get it but i don't have to like it right yeah no that's fair um okay but so anyway back to whatever we, what we were doing um so <laughs> shitty, shitty holiday movie shitty holiday so now, do you do you want to go first for this one because i went first on the last round sure i literally just came up with this but i'm okay with it so well, that's okay. what's gonna make it extra one, bad. Oh no it's fine i'm just gonna follow the rules of improv and it'll, it'll work <laughs> yes, um, yes and yes and exactly <laughs> so um so you know what really you know what really grinds my gears um hmm. movies that have the titles of Christmas songs to them. Mm. With the exception of Santa Claus is Coming to Town, because that Rankin-Bass special is a gem. Um, well, like most of the, I will say most of the Rankin-Bass specials are named after songs because they're trying to like tell those stories right. too. But there's also adult movies that have Christmas songs as the title that mm. are kind of annoying. Like uh, there was this one that they literally did Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, and they turned that into Ooh. a Christmas movie. It was animated, but it was still a Christmas movie. So mm. I'm like, okay. So Christmas love story, get it. Awesome. So I think to me, the moment you title your uh your movie after a Christmas song, and you also include the artist in the title, like you know this movie is literally gonna be as close to a dramatic interpretation of the song as possible which Mm -hmm. may or may not translate well some things are better as songs (laughs) than they are as films Mm -hmm. so my pitch to you is john denver's please daddy which is for those of you so i don't brian i don't want to pay for a movie called please daddy that's gonna make my browser history look very strange Okay, and for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, the first line of this is, please, Daddy, don't get drunk this Christmas. I don't want to see my mama cry. And then he repeats it again and then goes up a third of the very, very, uh, on the next line. So, yeah, uh, this is a movie about a family that conquers alcoholism and to, uh, to bring in the Yuletide. That's basically all I've got. So that's my, that's my horrendous holiday movie pitch all right my holiday my shitty holiday movie pitch i like we're just go- like we're not even gonna talk about whether it's good <laughs> no, or we're just oh i wasn't sure I, wa- I thought we were gonna pitch both of them and then vanessa That's gave fine. commentary no That's no no, fine. no no i That's like fine. that god that would make such a sad movie though well also, why ooh. do we have to get beaten over the head with all these fucking happy ending stories sometimes That's christmas fair. is for some people christmas is a bleak depressing reminder of the nothingness of life. So yeah. I think this movie is going to speak to that population more. 
I also imagine someone who, without any sort of context for the movie, they just see the title, Please Daddy, and you kind of see someone walk into the theater in, like, a full, like, S&M harness, and they sit down for the first five minutes, and then they get up and they're like, I I seem to have been mistaken. Thank you. (laughs) I would like my money back. This title was misleading. I hadn't even thought about the BDSM crowd misinterpreting oh, the see, title I'm, of the I'm sorry. I immediately I'm went sorry. There. That's where my mind went when you immediately said, I'm going to call this movie Please Daddy. That means I've been on Tumblr too much. Well, I would so. I would do Please Daddy and then in parentheses, don't get drunk this Christmas. Oh, okay. So Sorry, I didn't. My- my mistake uh again just guy you know person in in full full gear just like five minutes and just like well i uh, fool me once shame on you i just oh imagine this guy who's just very normally walking into the theater and then he pulls out of his jacket a gimp mask and just puts it on oh my god and zips his mouth shut oh god well listen okay on that note I would love it if people would just shut their mouths during movies. I I think the lat like I think this is also part of the reason I haven't gone and paid for to see a movie in the theater. There are people who just do not shut the fuck up. Like I'm sorry, who told you that you could talk all through this damn movie? And like Roxy brought it up in the la- like one of the last episodes when she was talking about like the old lady sitting in front of her during Bohemian Rhapsody. But like there are two things. This is a tangent. I'm sorry. There are two things that I think we should reinstate in movies. I need ushers in my theaters to get rid of people who will not shut the hell up. Like when Sarah and I went to go see it. The people behind us would not shut up the whole time. And I think we need intermissions in the middle of movies again. If I'm sitting through a four-hour Lord of the Rings movie, I need a pee break, okay? Yeah, I mean... Sound of Music had it. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang had it. Even Titanic did because they had to, like, switch the reels or whatever. So listen, I need an intermission in my movies. (laughs) I, I support... If your movie is more than three hours, you need to absolutely include an intermission... I also, if you go to the Brian Arclight... will take an intermission no yeah. matter what, though. Yeah. Uh, if you go to the Arclight Cinemas, um, mm-hmm. they do have an usher who hangs out in the theater. And if they see oh cell God. phones in use, you do not get a warning. You're just straight up asked to leave. Oh, I think at do the they Alamo also, Draft but... House is the same thing. They yeah. they say, do they do not tolerate Yeah, there is an phone, usher who is, in, who is in on premises in the... Well, they're also, because it's like a restaurant, too, so like mm-hmm. they will also have someone go over to your table and... Tell you to shut up. Like, I I understand going to, like, a big movie, like Star Wars or something like that. Like, you know, David and I saw Star Wars, uh, we saw Last Jedi at the Alamo Draft House. And I understand going for, like, a new release like that and, like, cheering at appropriate times. But, but, like, just being an asshole and talking through the whole movie, that is what what grinds my gears so i'm sorry rant over i'm just angry at the only time you're allowed to talk over the movie is when it's like a really bad horror movie and it's just adding to the yeah right or Or if the the explosions and music are so loud that if you whisper something over to your partner no one's ever gonna hear right or or if you and your friend are the only ones in the theater. Oh, That's right. I did totally that, been there. Yeah, I did that once with a friend when we went to go see, like, one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And we were there in, like, the middle of the day towards the end of the theatrical run. And it was just, like, the two or three of us. So we, like, Mystery Science Theater that. But that's because we were the only ones in there. That's funny. 
Yeah. Okay, so what's your what's your shitty holiday movie pitch? All right. All right, listen. So the last couple years have been uh, big on like kind of exploring other Christmas traditions. And we've seen a rise in like Krampus folklore, especially in America. But one holiday folklore that I personally do not think has been getting enough love is comes from part of my background, which is the Bafana. Or, or La Bafana or The Christmas Witch. I am so, so I'm sorry. Like, I am, I, I know I'm not the person <laughs> who has power here, but I, I'm already sold. You had me at, you had me at witch. So, so, so what I'm thinking on it. So, like, the story of La Bafana is, La Bafana is, like, the uh, Italian, San, you know, Santa Claus kind of equivalent, where the whole story, there's a couple different stories, but the most common one is when the three kings were on their way to try to find the infant Jesus, um, they stopped at her house uh, to see if she, like, they got lost. They stopped at her house to see if she knew directions. She didn't, but she gave them, like, food and shelter for the evening. And then they asked if she wanted to come with them. But she said no because she was too busy with her housework because, you know, like a good Italian mama, she's got she's got housework and, and food to cook. The but broom then, is magic. It sweeps the floor on its own and then, and then she flies on it. <laughs> Right. Um, so like the the whole thing. And yeah, she said she was too busy with her housework, but then she went and she regretted it. And so she, uh, you know, but after like a day or two, so she went, and she tried to find them, but she couldn't. And so she left like candy and toys and things on the doorsteps of like all of the children in case they were like all the in case they were the infant Jesus. Now, there's another story that's a little more like La Llorona y that's kind of more sad where supposedly she had a child that she loved that passed away and so ultimately she like you know in her grief gave toys and things to all of the children and then eventually like did find the infant Jesus and like presented him with a gift and then in his mercy was like well because you're like such an amazing mom you get to like serve as like the mom for like all of the children of Italy kind of thing so her magical powers are actually divine Kind of, yeah. Okay. So, like, well, uh, but, like, you know, she she's called the Christmas Witch because she has the broom. And so one of the traditions is, like, Bafana will, like, when Bafana comes, she will also, like, sweep the front. Because her, her feast day or, like, her thing is actually January 5th. So her thing is, like, she comes the night before Epiphany. Okay. Because she's more closely affiliated with the Three Kings. And so... Um, the whole thing is like she'll like sweep your front porch or whatever or something like that in order to like open the new year for you and things like that. So like the story of the Bafana is actually like a really fun, like uplifting story. And let me tell you, I'm Italian. I love witches. La Bafana is my shit. But <laughs> um, like I I also like this is this is shitty movie pitches. So listen, we've seen Freddy versus Jason. You have not seen La Bafana versus the Krampus. Like, oh my god! <laughs> so I, I almost so legit. I almost thought you were like, this is the story I want to tell. So there's this woman, right, and the three kings, the three magi, come to her house, and she she offers them food and shelter, but she doesn't know how to help how to help them find the the. The birth of the newborn king, even though there's a fucking mm-hmm. star that they could be following. Um, well, it was like they it was like they followed the star, but it was like a cloudy day. Or okay, something that's fair. Like that. yeah. So it's just like so I thought she would be like, I missed my opportunity. 
So I'm going to offer my soul to Satan <laughs> to no. make up. Yeah. So just really like play off the misrepresentation of witchcraft, but really oh just like God. go super dark with it. And like, listen, this is her like eternal. Had... This is her eternal <laughs> atonement for God. Witchcraft has had enough of that with chilling adventures of Sabrina, like tying it in. Like I like I would also pitch the idea of like a good holiday movie as like I would love to see like a La Bafana Christmas special. Um, I, I would love to see a La Bafana Christmas special, but I right, really but... want to see how the fuck <laughs> she she destroys the Krampus. What happens? I don't, listen, listen, I, I want to imagine that this is a very, like, so it seems like a lot of, like, wi- like Italian mythological women have a certain level of, divi- like, divine to them, um, in that, like, if you ever read, like, the Stregonona storybooks growing up, where she has the pasta pot that, like, you know, just kind of cooks as much pasta until she tells it to stop, and then her assistant tries to use it, and then, like, the whole town gets covered in pasta because he <laughs> fucks up. Um, but, like, so, like, I would love to see... I would. I just really want to see like little old Italian lady go ham on like Satan-looking goat man. This is what <laughs> I want. Like, like hitting him with the broom. Just like he kind of looks like Satan. And like, let me tell you, Italian lady probably has holy water in her house. Just like she probably tries to like rain that down upon him. I want to see like magical pasta pot cauldron up on the roof of her house, <laughs> dumping it like. Like dumping pasta, like uh, like Hunchback of Notre Dame, like Top of Notre Dame style onto the Krampus and like it acting like some sort of like pasta net. Like this is what I want. I realize there's I... a certain level of Italian stereotype to this, but this is what I want. And I was told to pitch a shitty movie, which I did. <laughs> no, that's well, I, fine. I feel like, though... In your attempts to pitch a shitty movie, you've piqued our interest. Yeah, like I got <laughs> this. Brian, I was just like horrified. Like, why would you bring this up? This is horrible. No, but like I, like, I just got this image of like the battle between the Krampus and the Bafana, and yeah. like literally, like the Krampus whips out his like long tongue, and like she blocks mm. it with her with her broomstick, and then like. Mm brushes it off and then she whips out her sack and then all of a sudden all these toys that she brought to life just come flying out and try to that attack him. That would be amazing. And then he brings out his sack of evil toys like in the Krampus movie and then yes. those toys are fighting each other so it's a battle of the good toys versus the bad toys while they're yes. having this epic like tongue broom I, I, battle. I also like the idea of like the Krampus tongue and her blocking it with the broom and it getting like wrapped around the broom and her like yanking it while also pulling like pouring like very hot pasta sauce down his throat just like take that like <laughs> eat sauce asshole like, you're, you're too skinny you need to you're eat you're too skinny you're, you're, uh, ma, ma, la bafana fatten you up to kill you <laughs> la bafana fatten you la bafana fatten you up to serve on her Christmas table <laughs> okay if we lean into the the schlock uh-huh. Oh my god. So Vanessa, your choice is now. <laughs> Please daddy don't get drunk this Christmas. This the movie versus Krampus versus La Bafana. Well, this is really hard just like I was saying. <laughs> I, I I don't think by the, way, Dawn, the by the way, Dawn of Dawn of Christmas would be the subtitle of this. Krampus oh, versus God, Bafana, yes. Dawn of Christmas. Uh, <laughs> if we were seriously talking about a horrible movie, I feel like Brian's is so damn depressing that it has to be that one. 
But I still want to green light Gina's. Yes. <laughs> mine mine has the level of like it's so bad it's shown at midnight and then eventually yeah, gets like the MST, like the, the Mystery Science Theater treatment. It gets maybe like a Santa Claus versus versus the Martians kind of following. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> the Monos. It'll be the Monos of uh of Christmas. Yes, Minos, I of think, Christmas. Ma- Monos no, Ma- Manos. Oh, okay. Manos's hands. Okay. Oh, yeah. got Manos, it. hands of fate. Yeah. I thought you were talking about that that movie with the guy who's like the Minotaur movie. Oh, no. No, no. I thought you were talking about that. Like, because you were talking about bad movies, so I thought you were comparing it to that. Um, oh, no. <clears throat> Manos, hands of fate is also terrible. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And very long. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it may yeah. not actually be that long. I think it, it is kind of long, long, but it feels very long. Yeah. <sighs> wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, I had so much fun thinking of those movie pitches, though, I will say. <laughs> I, I don't want to steer us to something different, but I just had an idea when okay. Brian yes. mentioned uh, that horrible song. <laughs> Is there a Christmas song that you just cannot stand? Oh, there's a couple, but yes. I really do not like Jingle Bell Rock. I don't like rocking around the Christmas tree. Basically, if you have a Christmas song with the word rock in it, I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know which one my sister absolutely disdains, and my family and I torture her with it every year. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's it's considering that the man who who wrote the song was a member of one of the greatest musical groups of all time. It's not very becoming of his musical talents. Mm. So I think I've said all I need to say for you guys to figure out which song it is. But in case people are <laughs> dense. It, is it the, the Paul McCartney one? Yes. Nope. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Mm-hmm. By Paul McCartney and Wings. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, every time that comes on the radio, I will like whip out my phone and <laughs> just do a mini recording of it and send it immediately to my sister. It's when true. she was stationed overseas, we had our Skype call on Christmas Day. And oh my, my entire family opened with singing that song a cappella. Um, I know what mine is without question. Mm-hmm. It's uh-huh. um, the Beach Boys "Merry Christmas," whatever the fuck it's. It, it, I, I don't. I tune out. Like I literally tune out once it turns on. But you mean uh, Little Saint Nick? That one? I think so. Yeah. Mm. Merry Christmas, Santa, uh, whatever it's called. That's mm. uh. It's the little Saint Nick. That one. You don't like that one. Yeah. Christmas comes each time each year. Yeah. yeah. I know. Believe it I... or not, the Chipmunks song is less annoying than that mm-hmm. song. Mostly because you can slow that one down. And it sounds like monotone men and a demon Dave. <laughs> yep. There, There's also the one that starts off... Um, uh, uh, so this is Christmas, and what have you done? Yes. Another year over, a new one's just begun. Whatever that one Worry. is, I don't like it because every oh. like a lot of renditions, that opening sounds so accusatory. Just like, so this is Christmas, what have you done? Like, I'm just like, damn, dude, I'm just trying to get my life together. That was definitely John Lennon in his like protest song phase. Like, yeah. I don't believe in anything anymore. I just believe but in. It, it sounds kind. very it sounds very accusatory. <laughs> oh my god. Sure, absolutely. It def- definitely does. Um There's Feed the World def- is kind of a close second to that too cuz Feed the World is I yeah. mean, it, don't get me wrong. The message of the song is totally great. Mm-hmm. Dominic the Donkey? 
Dominic the Christmas donkey. Oh, oh, the Italian Christmas donkey. It's the Italian Christmas donkey. Well, listeners, we know this episode is dropping on Christmas Eve, so the chances of you Christmas! listening it, yes, indeed. So the chances <laughs> of you listening to this on Christmas Eve, eh, like fifty-fifty. How um, dare you? So, I mean, but I no. Was, Sorry. I mean, believe me, like, I'm optimistic. I hope our listeners listen to it on Christmas Eve because I want our listeners to devour everything we, we, we put forth. <laughs> Brian, but, Brian, as a loyal listener, I might be a little busy. Exactly. <laughs> so we totally understand if this, hey, hey, if this is your road trip to grandma's house playlist, wonderful. If it's your, I'll get back to this on the 26th or 27th, also totally fine. You know what? It's still Christmas to me until January 6th because I'm Catholic and I believe <laughs> in the Feast of the Epiphany. Um, but that being said, I think when I speak for all the nerds, when I say, especially those who couldn't be here, I speak for all the nerds when I wish you all a very happy and very safe and very Merry Christmas. And that, you know, if you are have the opportunity to be with family, that you enjoy their company, even if you don't always get along with them um and that if you don't have your family nearby that you do find those you care for who will take you in and be part of your let you be part of them and honestly if you don't have anybody i hope that you find some sort of comfort and some sort of cheer this season and that if you are struggling because this is season is a very hard season for the people who maybe get depressed by the holidays due to some family tragedy or trauma that you get the help you need I'm serious. Um, I don't want to bring it down a note, but I I wish everybody this year a happy and cheerful holiday season. I don't want anybody to feel left out. So from the bottom of my heart, Merry Christmas. Aww. I don't know if anyone else wants to share a holiday greeting or not, but. Uh, happy holidays to everyone. Um, like Brian said, maybe uh, this is your road trip to grandma's. Maybe this is also your, uh, hey, I want to take a break from my relatives yelling at each other about football. Uh, so, hey, we're here for you. We love we love you, listeners. Thank you for continuing to be a part of what we do and putting us in your ear holes. Happy holidays. Happy Christmas to everyone. Feliz Navidad. Um and remember, friends are family. So take solace in the ones that you love and just enjoy the time that you have. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, Joyous Kwanzaa, right? Joyous Kwanzaa, if you're listening to this on the 26th, Hanukkah's already passed by this point. So sorry we missed you. Um, Diwali's also already passed by this point. <laughs> sorry we missed you too. Um so there you have it. And also, we wish you guys a very happy and safe New Year since this will be the last episode to come out from 2018. We he scared me there for a second. He paused between last episode and 2018. <laughs> we will be back <laughs> in January. Um, also, we forgot to mention this, and I think it's important that we we end on this. Brian's pregnant. <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe with a food baby, but not... <laughs> um, Wine baby. No, 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 no. I mean... Sorry. We didn't mention this last episode, and we should have mentioned it when we first heard it, but obviously um, the nerds were very saddened with the passing of Stanley, and I don't want to end this holiday episode on a down note, but please know that we all share our sympathies, share your sympathies with him, 
passing, and we will more than likely be devoting an episode in January to eulogizing Stanley, even though he is not so much a film figure as he is just a figure of media in general. We will probably be doing something to pay tribute to him before we start Spielberguary. So, um, rest assured that will be part of it. Um, listeners, please, I'm going to skip the feedback for this time mm-hmm. because why? I mean, if you've listened to our episodes before, you know how to get a hold of us. If you have found us, you also have the means of b- being able to locate us. Just Google Nerdonomy, you'll find us. Um, but do please tell your friends and family about the podcast. We do like building our audience and building a bigger community of people who like to listen to our stuff. Um, and with that, I don't know what else to say other than happy holidays. So if you want to, because we are going to be heading into Spielberguary, if you want to uh, mail in and send us a request for a particular Spielberg piece that you're interested in us covering for Spielberguary, um, definitely write in. We'll give you a shout out and hopefully we will be able to cover that film. We covered the Indiana Jones uh, trilogy and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull last year. So um, <laughs> if there's anything in that note that you are interested in, give us a give us a ring. <laughs> Indeed. And it is that time, nerds. So until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode, same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. Bye-bye. Bye. Merry Christmas. And roll credits. movie quotes you should not say during sex looks like a pink nightmare fuck you (laughs) (laughs) it's so good oh my god